Hi, and welcome to the Inspired Jewish Woman Podcast. I absolutely love and value that you are here with us right now, and I hope you will hear something on today's episode that will touch your heart and soul in a beautiful way. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. It's been a while since I've recorded a new podcast episode, so I'm super excited to be here today with Yvonne Marzouk, who is an author of an incredible book that I read I could not put down. It's called The Prophetess. We're going to hear all about it today. Yvonne, uh, she is a speaker in Jewish communities around the world. She loves sharing Jewish spiritual concepts and empowering Jewish teens and girls, especially, and women to grow into all their gifts. Yvonne grew up in Philadelphia. She received her bachelor's degree in writing and her minor in religious studies from John Hopkins University. And in 2003, she founded Kanfei Nisharim, which is an organization that shares Torah concepts about protecting the environment. Yvonne, I feel like you you deserve to, to live in a place like Portland, Oregon. <laughs> we compost everything. That's great. I'm just so excited to hear from you and share a little bit about yourself. I know you're living now in Maryland with your family. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Eve. I'm thrilled to be here to share with you about the work that I've been doing, um, about the book that I wrote, The Prophetess, and about some of the later materials that are coming out since then. Uh, the Prophetess was published in fall of 2019. One way to think about it is it's a Jewish heroine story. It's a little like Harry Potter only. It's about a 17-year-old Jewish girl named Rachel. And instead of discovering Hogwarts, she discovers a secret community of Jewish prophets who call her to her greatness. And in the process, they introduce her to the magic and beauty of her own Jewish tradition. So with its real life characters and true to life situations and positive Jewish content, it's a book that makes teens feel good about being Jewish. That's what teens have told us. But it has this empowering message to grow into your gifts. And it has this mature 17 year old main character. So it's also loved by older young adults and even adult women and has lots of resources for people to, to elaborate and build upon the messages in the book, including in book clubs and stuff like that. So I'd love to be able to tell the story about this book. It took me 20 years to write it. So it's very wow. exciting to finally be able to share with people about it and, uh, and, I, and to, about some of the things that I've been working on since then. I mean, I personally love the book. It's a book that I would definitely pass on to my daughters and my friends. I've already passed my copy along to so many people. So what I found, it was entertaining. It was engaging. It was spiritual, but I also found it so relatable. I feel like anyone could pick it up from any different Jewish background or non-Jewish background, to be honest. But wherever you're coming in, I felt like you could find yourself in the story. And I, I, I think that is not so easy to to find a book that talks to all different people of different backgrounds but that was truly a gift that I found in your story thank you I'm so glad tell me about this 20-year journey to writing this book how did this book come about where did it start where was it born 
Yeah. So I majored in writing in college. I always really wanted to write books. And when I was in college, I was doing a lot of searching for wisdom. So I'm a balachuva. I wasn't religious when I was growing up. And in college, I did a lot of searching for wisdom. And when I was in this sort of random shelf in the aisles on the boardwalk of a bookstore, I came across uh, a book called The Celestine Prophecy, which was a novel about a spiritual awakening. And I didn't know anything about that book at the time. But I just loved it. I read it and I loved it. And then the Celestine Prophecy has almost become its own religion. It wasn't based in any religion. And I, I wanted a book like that that was based in Jewish tradition. I wanted a story where the power of the Celestine Prophecy is that it's like a novel where you're reading and you're, you know, you're enjoying the story, but you're also like picking up little tidbits of wisdom along the way. And I wanted a book like that, that was not like making up its own religion, but that was coming from Jewish tradition grounded in what we know about Jewish spirituality. And so that people could both enjoy the book, like for its own sake, it's a fun novel to read. The characters are really interesting. They're dealing with real life situations, but that in the process, you could also really feel that you were learning something, that you were growing in the process, and that if you wanted to, if you wanted to build upon what you were learning and use it to grow into your own gifts, to understand your place in the world and your purpose, that it could be a beginning to that. It could kind of open up some, some little clues about what would inspire and empower you in your own life. Love it, love it. So how did you take it from there and, and create the prophetess? Wow, well... <laughs> It was a many, many years journey. So, you know, I think women know that sometimes you set out to do something and life takes you in lots of different directions. And then meanwhile, so like jobs and other projects and children and all of those things uh, kind of came up and um, they both sort of slowed me down, but also were for me the process of growing into my own gifts of learning what kind of person I needed to be in order to tell this story. Wow. And, you know, one of the things that I was really trying to understand is like, what is the Jewish relationship with God? And the story that I always tell is when I first started writing this book, it was actually around the time that Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated in 1996. And as a sort of like exploring Jewish person, I was asking a lot of people, questions about what was going on there. And I heard this idea that like the person who assassinated Yitzhak Rabin had like was claiming to have heard that instruction from God. And that was like a very earth shaking experience for me. Like, how could that possibly be that anyone would have ever said such a thing? And like, what does it mean to have a relationship with God? Because obviously like that just basically implies that anyone who says they really have a relationship with God is crazy or so bad. And I wanted to know, like, is it possible to have a relationship with God that would cause someone to be uplifted, inspired, doing good things in the world? Not, you know, something where somebody would say that they were having a relationship with God and then they would be unstable or doing something horrible. And so those were the kinds of questions that were kind of swirling around for me when I started writing the story for the first time. And what I needed to do in order to write this book was do a lot of research to understand what traditionally Jews expect out of our relationship with God. Because like, it's actually quite different from some other religions. And we have this idea of Hashkacha Pratit, divine providence, that like the hand of God is always working in the background, like both at a historical and personal level. But I found that like many Jews are uncomfortable with the idea of like a direct personal relationship with God. Yeah. When you're talking about a topic like prophecy, you're talking about like a real high level of relationship with God. And like in Jewish tradition, maybe, you know, basically out of reach for almost everyone at this stage in history. 
But what I wanted to explore in the story is like, first of all, like what if prophecy didn't end? Like what if it just went underground and it's like mm. a secret? <laughs> like, so that was kind of a fun way to explore it. Like what if there's just a secret prophecy and people don't know about it, but God is still talking to people in that same way. But in the process, I learned and was able to kind of encode into the book, like some spiritual wisdom about what we actually do think about having a relationship with God, like what we really mean when we say that we're connected, what, what we're really doing when we pray and what Ruach HaKodesh, like having some divine inspiration could mean in our lives today. And so I was able to work some of that wisdom into the book as I was learning it myself. I was able to kind of put it into the experience of Rachel, the main character who's learning. Wow. I have a few questions. I'm just going to stop you for, for a second. First of all, question number one is, are you a, a deeply spiritual person? I am. Yes. You are. So this is kind of like a natural conversation and toil for you to be in this headspace of looking for your own spirituality. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think this was a quest. I mean, some of the times the truth is like, it's almost easier to get answers when you're like, I'm writing a book. Right. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. As a Excuse. I'm doing this research. Can you please just tell me like how this works? And then, you know, but obviously, um, yeah, I love that. Very enriching for me too. Wow. Okay. And then my next question is, did you get any pushback along the way? You talk about prophecy. We don't have prophecy the way we used to right. in temple times and in different, you know, generations of long gone. We just don't have it. In fact, just last week I was teaching a class about about your namesakes. And I did share the idea that when parents give a name to a child, they receive a dose of prophecy, like 160th prophecy. And they actually could see that child and that child's essence, whether they, whether it's conscious or not, the name that they give, it kind of foretells the future of the child and its power. So are you familiar with that idea? Yes, yes, definitely. Okay. Hoping so, that I had that when naming my children. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, my namesake story is interesting because I was born um, right around Hanukkah time. And my parents named me after a family member whose, whose Yiddish name was Yidis, but the Hebrew is Yehudit, which is, happens to be the heroine of Hanukkah. But my parents didn't even know at the time about the heroine of Hanukkah. They didn't know that biblical figure, but that's kind of my like, wow, see, there's your divine prophecy. Like they didn't even know, but yet they gave me that name at the appropriate time. It's pretty cool to, to look at a child and to see how the strength of the child is so tied into the name that the Jewish name, for example, that the parents have given. Yeah, definitely. So the pushback, have you received any pushback? Not so much. I think that what I what I realize is that it's true that prophecy is not like you know something that we expect today. Yeah. And um and that I I guess what I would say is like I never really ever intended to imply that it that like the goal of this book is for people to become prophets. That's not really mm -hmm. what it's about. Right. Think, you know what I the the in this book the uh, Rachel is like unexpectedly calls for prophecy. She's not expecting it. She's not like what she would consider worthy of it. And my view, at least within the sort of book world is that like God gets to talk to whoever God wants to. And yeah. like, you know, it doesn't have to, you know, she ultimately becomes the worthy, worthy by kind of going through the process and growing into her gifts and into herself. Um, and so 
I think that, but my, my intention was never for everyone to kind of say, oh, I want to be a prophet now. Right. The goal here is for people to say, I want to, I, I like what gift is calling to me? Mm. What message is coming to me? Like, who am I supposed to be here? And if, you know, if I had, I'm not going to say prophecy, but if I had Ruach HaKodesh, if I had some divine inspiration, some ability to see what Hashem is trying to do here with me, mm. like, what would I, what would I do? Who would I become? What's, you know, what's next for me? Right. And I think that I really do believe that Hashem has purpose for all of us, yeah. that we all have our own roles and our own, you know, gifts to bring into this beautiful world. We have, you know, there are things that we're here to do. And I believe that um, the more that we can kind of tune into ourselves and into our deep, you know, into our deepest wisdom, that 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 wisdom is connected to God and that God is um, is is helping us understand that if we're listening, we can follow that path. And mm, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love how you could take it on a practical level. Like, you know, just opening your eyes to the divine intervention, God's hand, we, we call it HP, Hashgacha Pratid, or higher power. You could literally live your life just always looking for all the, the miracles and the, you know, we could say coincidence, but it's really not. There's no such thing as, as by chance. We believe that everything happens for a reason. So that is on a very basic level, but I love how you're kind of bridging us to times that, that we did have a more intense level of connection and, and, you know, prophecy, which is something that please God, we will have one day in the future, right? Like things are changing and please God, when we have Mashiach and the Messiah, things are going to change again. So I love that you're able to, to bring this idea of something that is no longer relevant or no longer in our lives and, and kind of give us hope for times where we will once again have it. I think that's, that's really a gift, a gift that you're giving your readers to kind of like dream about the potential of what can be. And one of the, one of the lines that I truly, truly loved that spoke to me, especially coming from uh, the grandfather to the granddaughter in the book, it's that line when the grandfather says, when they tell you, you are great, believe them. And it's this idea of, 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 people that that see our gifts see how great we could be see our potential kind of like telling you that you are great you have so much potential and I believe that people could really change their lives if they hold on to those ideas and I also believe that when someone that you love and trust tells you that you are great you can believe them you want to believe them so that was something so, so magnificent. And I loved how, you know, the grandparent-granddaughter relationship was so, so deep and so powerful, something that I think everyone could relate to because every grandparent really believes in their grandchild. Yes, right, exactly. You know, you were talking about Hashgacha Pratit and um, I just will tell this little story. Like, I think that it's so, so valuable to be walking through life, look, looking for what you're supposed to be doing there, looking for what kind of wisdom is meant to be 
gathered from this moment and and looking for the sign of what's next, where you're going, how life is kind of pulling you in a certain direction and and in, in such a beautiful way. And so mm-hmm. one story that I have is that, um, like I said, I wasn't religious when I was in high school. I went to a, a camp, a BBYO camp before my senior year in high school. And um, I was there for four weeks. And it was a very powerful experience. After, after being there for four weeks, I started to reconsider whether I wanted to eat pork and things like that. Um, and I came back wanting, like everyone had told me how amazing Israel was and I'd never been to Israel. I had never even thought about going, but I'd heard all these amazing stories and I really, I really wanted to go. Um, but I, I had like zero ability to go. Like my, my parents were a little bit scared about Israel at the time. It wasn't like it was on my schedule. It was before birthright. So there I was in my senior year of high school and it seemed totally unlikely that I would get to go to Israel at least any time before college. And, um, and then this amazing thing happened. There was like this program that showed up in my high school called the Israel Program Center. And they came to my high school, my public high school, and they launched a contest. And they wow. said, the winners of that contest would get to go to Israel on an all expenses paid trip. And they had four components to the, to the contest. And the four components, like one of the four components was creative writing. And I was at the time, like I was a senior, I was the editor of my school's literary magazine. Oh, wow. um, so I wrote my heart out into the story and I won and I got to go to Israel for 12 days. Wow. And later I found out, like, I think that might've been the only time that that program, like it was certainly, I was in Philly. It was that my high school was the only one that they did it. <laughs> like it was the first time it had ever been done. And, um, and I got to go to Israel and I had the most amazing spiritually awakening, enriching trip where like all these kinds of magical things, of course, happen in Israel when you're there. And I just, I felt like, what, like I really experienced like God is looking out for me. Like there's a, there's a design here. I really felt yeah. it. And I felt like there were, there were things, you know, that I, I could see that like life was actually giving me the gift that I had asked for and, and that there was more that I could do and grow from after that experience. Wow. I'm just curious if you modeled the main character after yourself, now that I'm hearing that you went to Israel at that age and you had such a profound experience, is there a connection between your main character and yourself? So I think the way I think of it is like, this is maybe the story of how I wish things were. Hmm. (laughs) And so I think to, to a certain extent, like there were some parts of the character that I didn't even, that are modeled after myself that I didn't even realize until much later. Um, my grandfather died when I was 17 and it wasn't until much later that I realized that like, oh, right. And that's what happened in the story. Um, I feel like sometimes when you're writing, you find your way into the story without even intending to. Um, but one of the things is like, Rachel is extremely brave, like spiritually brave to go and do what needs to be done here and keep herself grounded, keep the friendships that she has and use the people in her life to kind of continue to grow in these ways while also focusing on what's most important in all the various ways. And I hope that I'm like that now, but I don't think I was like that when I was 17. That's amazing. So I would love for you to share a little reading, like just a short piece from the book, just to kind of give our listeners a taste of what this book is like, how easy it is to listen, how, I mean, it's, it's a little hard to put down, to be honest. Like when I got into the story, my kids were like, mom, it's dinner time. I'm like, 
wait, I'm just in such a good chapter right now. God, my heart was racing. I really felt connected to the characters. Okay, well, will you read us a little piece? Yeah, so what I wanted to share is just this little snippet. So um, just to set up what this scene is. So Rachel is just kind of realizing that what she's being called for is really something very great and much bigger than herself um, in terms of being asked, being, being told that she's being called to be a prophetess. And that's a very overwhelming experience. Um, I think it would be for anyone, of course. And like, she's just sort of going through the process of like, what does this mean for me? Like, could I ever possibly really do this? And kind of feeling like, could this even possibly be real? And then she has this very special dream. Her Zadie, he dies at the very beginning of the book and it sort of kicks off the beginning of um, you know, her own personal exploration that leads to all of this. And so his absence is really an important thing for her because she realizes that she has to kind of build her own relationship with God because it used to be like through her religious grandfather. And um, so this is the dream that she has after those things. In my dream that night, I walked barefoot on a beach, carrying a heavy weight on my shoulders. The whistling wind blew my loose hair into my face. I looked up and saw, at some distance, Zadie. He was just as I remembered him. Thick white beard, white shirt, black pants, and black hat. Even in the sand, he wore the same black sneakers with dark laces. His hands were outstretched toward me. I wore a sleeveless t-shirt and my legs were bare beneath cut-off jeans, but I was so happy to see him, I didn't care. As I drew closer, I heard him whispering over the sound of the wind. I stopped a few feet away, hanging back. I set down my burden at my feet. He frowned as if I had done something wrong, a stern expression I had often seen during my childhood. It was always something I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do. His frustration and my ignorance Neither were our fault. Yet, he was the kind of old man who would take a quarter and make it disappear from his hand. It would reappear in his hat or behind my ear. Then he would give me the coin and encourage me to put it in a slotted metal can for charity. He could make you believe in magic. I took another step toward him. Something shiny was in his hand, a key. The sunlight flashed in the ocean, bright like Yonatan's eyes. Go with them, Zadie urged me, his voice a little more solid in the wind. Go as far as it takes you. Wow. I took a step closer, but when I looked up again, he was gone. The key lay in the sand where he had stood, shining gold in the morning light. I hesitated, listening to the sound of my own heartbeat. Kneeling to the ground, I picked up the key. The next wow. morning, I dug around in my jewelry box, looking for an old necklace with a Jewish star Zadie had given me for my bat mitzvah. I found it at the bottom of a drawer, a bit tangled, but otherwise perfect. The upper and lower triangles that formed the star were each doubled with white and yellow gold. So the star itself seemed to bring together disparate complex pieces in a single unity. It dangled on a thin gold chain. It was prettier than I had remembered. I hadn't worn the necklace in years, but if I was going to continue down this path with Yonatan, I needed this gift from Zadie with me. I undid the clasp and put the necklace on under my shirt so it was close to my heart. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Wow. Okay. So I think everyone here is like logging off right now to go and order their books. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's the book and then the book is just like a springboard for so much more. This is a springboard, you know, for conversations about spirituality and finding God in your life and, 
and you know all the questions that we might have it's just there's this is this is just like an opening like for to a pandora's box like there's just so much that people are searching for and thirsty for and i love how you're aiming your book to start with teens because at a certain point in probably your late teenage years you start asking yourself some deep questions like what is it all about or is there even a god or how could i find myself in this story where do i fit right yeah. so those are some questions that i know that you are broaching and tell us a little bit about the workbook that you're working on right now you call it the heroine's journey could you tell us a little bit about that yeah yeah let me tell you about that and then i can also tell you about a little bit of different work that i'm doing with teens um, so, but the heroine's journal, I'm really excited about this new project. Um, it's a short booklet that is intended to empower women to see and grow into their special talents and callings. And it's based on sort of personal growth principles and Jewish mysticism, things that I learned in the process of writing the prophetess. So it's 12 short lessons and activities. And, um, and the way it works is that you start with like kind of exploring your own gifts, what those gifts like look like, what you already know about your gifts, and then a little bit of Jewish mysticism to think a little bit more broadly about your purpose, your calling, your role, what it means to be a soul in this world. Mm. Um, and, and then introducing some of these topics in, um, in very accessible ways. And then, um, you know, kind of exploring what's your personal purpose, what's your calling. And, um, and at the end, you declare like a gift that you're growing into and an area of life where that would make a difference. And so, God willing, I hope to launch it in Elul on Rosh Chodesh um, at the Chaim Center um, and for everyone else so that it can be online, so that people can print it out, so that it can be used in preparation for Rosh Hashanah. It's being graphic designed right now, and um, when it's ready, it'll be a free printable on my website, so everyone can come and print it and, um, and do this work before Rosh Hashanah. And uh, I think it will be just a great way for, for all of us to kind of take stock of like where we are, what our gifts are and how we can grow into that and like what our next journey is gonna be for this coming year. So that's the Heroines Journal. That's amazing. We are so excited. So just, I'm just gonna make a, a plug over here for all of our Chicago ladies that are listening that on August 28th, which is a Sunday at 11 a.m., we're having an interactive workshop with Yvonne on understanding your gifts and stepping into your power. So we are going to be talking about this heroine's journey. We're going to be discussing how we could grow into our gifts. And there's a lot of beautiful ideas and, and real deep spiritual and mystical ideas that are going to be discussed like gathering sparks and reconstructing your soul, like collecting different parts of people's souls and some of the teachings that um, you and I have discussed from Sarah Yehudit Schneider. Yes. So I'm very, very excited to, to learn more from you and to bring this to my incredible community of women. I think just everyone is so excited to, to listen, to come, to sign up, to, to do this journey together. And what a great way to start the new year than to talk about how we could become our best selves. So that's my little plug. Sign up, guys. We're going to be selling out. And tell us, you're going to be giving out your books at this event. Is that correct? Yes. yes. 
Um, I'm so excited to get to share the book with all of you and to get to meet everybody. So I'm really excited to be able to come and see you all. Amazing, amazing. So our time is kind of coming to an end and I'm sure, and there's so much I'm sure that you would love to share and could tell us, but is there something that you just want to end with? Maybe one powerful teaching that you've learned, something that you've personally been working on and, and bringing towards your sharing with other people through your workbook? Is there something that you want to, to end this with? I just think that there's never an end to growing. And I think that um, some people think, you know, I'm grown up now, or, um, you know, I've learned, you know, whatever there is for me to learn, but there's really no end. And Mm -hmm. isn't that a gift that we always have opportunities to grow into the next and the next and the next opportunity to, to bring ourselves forward, like you said, to reconstruct ourselves, to continue to uplift sparks, to make us whole, and also to bring goodness into the world. And um, I feel grateful to be able to be part of that process for myself and for other people. That's so beautiful. That's so, so beautiful. I think you, you mentioned this um, Hineni moment and Hineni yeah. means here I am. Yeah. And I, I love that word. It's a very powerful word from, from the Torah. And there are organizations called Hineni. It's really just showing up and stop hiding and stop running away from your destiny, but really just leaning into it as, as much as sometimes we feel very afraid. Uh, what's, what's hiding behind the, the corner? Like, what does it mean to really become great? Many of us would rather stay small than chance, you know, the failure of greatness or whatever it is. We all, we all have our, our issues and our, our layers, but, um, but God says, where are you? Ayeka, right? That, that was the word God used when he was looking for, it was when God was talking to Adam, right? Where are you? And it's not like God didn't know where Adam was. He was posing the question because really it's a question that we all need to ask ourselves. Like, are we stepping up? Are we leaning in? Are we saying, I am here, he nani, here I am. And um, I'm super excited to, to go through this with you, Yvonne, and to continue this conversation and to bring this to the community. And I hope this will only be the, the beginning of your writing career. I hope there are many, many more books to come. Maybe there should be like a whole series of the prophetess novels, but this was fabulous. And I'm, I'm proud to, to call you a, a, a colleague and a friend. And I just really think your work is outstanding. And there is such a need for this in the Jewish world. So this is um, something that I will recommend highly to all of my bat mitzvah girls that I work with, your book, your, your, you have a whole like kit that comes with the book with a Magen David necklace and stickers and all of this swag. And I just think like, it's such good messaging that we want our daughters and ourselves to have. Do you want to say anything to that of just about yeah. the bat? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so I did. We do have a bat mitzvah package that includes the book. It also includes Shabbat candles, stickers, a journal that says "Grow into all your gifts" with a matching pen, um, and it's all wrapped up in a pretty box. And so I have that, and then um, and then optionally, you can add um, Jewish star earrings or a necklace. Um, and so that's all available on my website and you can see what it looks like. Um, and I have a version of it that's for older recipients. So if you wanted to give it to somebody who was graduating from high school or who was, you know, going through a life transition, um, I have a version that doesn't, that doesn't include, um, the bat mitzvah, you know, kind of 
pieces, but basically includes all the inspirational components. So that plus I have signed books available. All of those things are available on my website. We're actually having a summer sale now if people are interested. Um, it's all at growintoyourgifts.com. Also on my website, I have some really exciting new materials for Jewish educators. I have, um, I just did, a, an educator just did a case study about using the prophetess to teach spirituality to teens in Hebrew high school. We taught at a Jewish educator conference last week and all of those case study materials and sample lesson plans are also like free printables on my website. So um, lots of fun things there. Also videos, there's lots of fun stuff on my website. If people wanna come see all the different um, materials that are there. Amazing. So it's growintoyourgifts.com. And is there any other way that we could find you? Are you, do you have a handle on social media? Yes. Please come follow me at, I'm on Instagram at heroin whisperer and uh, Yvonne Marzouk, but um, you'll find me as heroin whisperer. And I've been featuring Jewish heroines today um, and the gifts that they're growing into all these extraordinary women who are doing really interesting things in the Jewish world and beyond. Um, and also, you know, posting inspirational messages and other things there um, on a regular basis. So that's uh, Heroin Whisperer on Instagram. And on Facebook, my book is um, Prophetess Book. Okay. So, um, so I'd love to, I'd love to be in touch with people on social media. I'm excited to be using those platforms to express these messages in creative ways. That's so great. You know, I, I think everyone could agree that when you have a bat mitzvah coming up, it's like, oh, what should I get? Like, there are so few gift options that are meaningful and, and exciting and not like overdone. So this is a really great idea. Like I am always on the lookout for, for, for good inspirational gifting for bat mitzvah girls. And this, you really nailed it. This is a very open market. And I really hope people tap into this. This is great stuff. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Well, we'll see you in a couple of weeks when you're in, in Chicago and we were, we're gearing up, we're looking forward. And I just want to thank everyone for joining and listening and being a part of this platform, um, being inspired, staying inspired. We're all, you know, I, I'm just as equally as inspired every time I bring a guest on. So thank you for, for coming on today and sharing your wisdom with us. And we look forward to continuing this conversation. Me too. I really look forward to it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of our community. There is so much more coming your way. Stay tuned and have a great inspired day.